Hello and welcome to this episode of Game on Girl, the podcast where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. This week, we're interviewing Lunch Journals, one of the body hosts of Nerdgasm, Lowell's cast. Our listeners might remember when I did a guest spot on their show about a month ago and talked to these guys about all kinds of gaming topics, including some gender and gaming and women gamers topics, which are fantastic. And I had a really awesome time. So reciprocating, welcome to the show, LJ. Wait, this is an interview? Yeah, an interview. <laughs> <laughs> I should go. That was a great show, by the way, you guys. Yeah, oh, was she was fun. on? I absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, and it was great. We we actually had no idea which direction it was going to go because we didn't even really know her that well then. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if we know her that well now, but um, <laughs> we uh, we were just like, let's just roll with it. Try and try and behave like not like the animals we normally are. And actually, we didn't have to. It just went natural, and everything kind of progressed really well. I was uh, yeah. I was very pleased. It was it was really nice. It was that you know reaffirmed my belief in uh, in Twitter and social networking, sort of making fantastic contacts between people because it was completely random that we connected. So, how did that happen? It was actually a fan. Uh, I was a fan full of podcasts or full fan of podcasts. I can't remember exactly what it's <laughs> yeah now. Um, he, he was talking to you. Was it you or Jerry? I can't remember now. Um, Probably Jerry. About, yeah, I think it was Jerry. It was Jerry about Nintendo not being a real gaming platform. <gasps> oh, yeah. Families and kids and that kind of stuff. And so he's like, oh, Doc Liz, don't you want to jump in on this conversation? Because we're always talking about the difference between casual and hardcore gamers. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. I regularly remember that. Yeah. How we all got. That's how we all got connected. Part of part of me thinks that Jerry wanted to instigate something. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> he, he he does like to do that from time to time. It's not his mo. Don't poke the bear, Jerry. Don't poke the bear. Yes. Oh yeah, he's he's totally free to do that. He's the one on the show. He can say anything he wants. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so thanks for coming and talking with us today. We really yeah. Appreciate oh, it on. My pleasure. Love it. Love it. So tell us a little bit about your background and your gaming history and maybe your, your gaming, um, I don't know. Stuff. Habits. Your habits. <laughs> yes, your habits. It's most recently, I uh, Borderlands 2. I think we briefly discussed it when you were hanging out with us. I, Ooh. I, just, wa- I just weighed myself for the first time after the game came out. <laughs> and I'm by no means an in-shape person. Got a little bit extra on me. I always normally do. I've been trying to work on it. Mm-hmm. And then this, I'm like, I looked at the scale. I picked it up and I shook it. <laughs> it was stock or off. It's like, that's like 12 pounds in a month and a half. <laughs> How is that possible? So You should write reason. Gearbox and tell them, you know, you had a successful game because I, I gained 12 pounds <laughs> playing it. But they're, they're contributing to childhood and and late adulthood obesity (laughs) (laughs) but uh no i'm um i'm i'm 37 i started with i was the sega genesis kid sega master system kid i didn't buck i didn't go with the nintendo trend back in the day and uh we were we were a gaming family me and my brother sometimes my sisters but specifically specifically my brother and um you know arcades every day we we loved it we were in and then we were fortunate enough to pretty much be on top of all the new stuff that was coming out and then i took a break um i think i kind of grew up a little bit 
for, for a minute, just for a second. <laughs> just for a little. <laughs> just for a little bit. I, college happened, and then um, and then I kind of got back into it. I had an Xbox in, in 2004-ish, played Halo a lot and some other games. And then just recently, this has been my – I mean, hell, I bought two PS3s now. Um, oh, wow. I have one to keep at home on the big TV, and then one that goes upstairs in my room and then travels with me because I'm on the road four days a week. Oh, wow. So I guess that's either a problem or just good, smart thinking. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I say it's smart. I want a second one so bad. I, You know what? And and a couple people have been asking me, you know, should I get a new one? Should I look for a used one? And I'm telling everyone now in, in 2012, look used because yeah. the new oh, system yeah on the way specifically specifically xbox if you're an xbox guy if you can wait or just get a used system for you know a couple bucks that's the best way to do it and then you won't yeah. feel like you got ripped up because uh just ps3 just came out with that new um slim the slimmer slimmy slimmest thing system <laughs> slides open there's no motorized it's supposed to be thinner and, and lighter and faster so stuff. unlike so. the gamers the consoles are getting smaller yeah. <laughs> oh. Hey. I'm hey. <laughs> sensitive. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I resemble that remark. I well, mostly put on weight when I was writing my dissertation, but dissertation on gaming kind of went together with sitting at the computer writing or sitting at the computer gaming. So I know I, how it goes. It's all tied in. Yes. So, um, me for in terms of type, um, what was the third type on the list? Mastery. Mastery. I think that, and it's funny because you sent me that, uh, and I read that page a while ago, and you sent it to me recently too, and I was reading it. And I was kind of thinking back to my gaming history, and um, I was never really big into RPG, except for maybe Final Fantasy or Fantasy Star, one or two. I can't remember which one was a while ago. I'm more of a um, action-driving self-reflection of who I am online isn't really that important. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of games. And then playing with playing with people that I know. Um, my first co-op experience and multiplayer experience was probably Halo Halo 2. And uh, I, I instantly was blown away by how many idiots are out there. And I <laughs> can't even imagine what it's like now, especially with what is it, Black Ops that just came out. Yeah. And uh, there's been some pretty interesting tweets about the release of that. And yeah, there have been, actually, a lot of people talking about that. Weren't you guys talking about that in the last show you did in episode 40? Weren't you? We? I don't remember if it was Halo. It was so long ago. <laughs> the so episode that goes on? all the way to 11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was Halo 4, actually. Jerry Halo 4. Oh, that's right. Okay, sorry. Didn't bring so it up what are the call. tweets about? What's going on? Um... <laughs> It's it's mostly it's mostly about the people who waited in line for two days, um, particularly overseas. I guess they were doing live, like G4 was doing live coverage events of it was almost like an iPhone event, um, uh-huh. and that waiting online, people were in costume waiting online, and then there was one particular uh, one particular tweet that was said a uh, call a Black Ops release um, gives an excuse for grown men to pay sixty dollars to have twelve year olds call them a. <laughs> pretty much insert any slang and derogatory and uh, that, that, that guy pretty much sums it up it pretty much captured i was never a black ops fan i never got into that game for some yeah. particular reason and uh so but uh yeah uh, yeah i uh I'm, it was always i liked playing it for the game itself and um more so for the social interaction with people that i know right that's what really so it's like. building on a community you already have rather than building a community through the game 
Yes. Yeah. At least in terms of the people on the other end of the cable, I guess right. you can say. Right. It, if it got to the point where I'm actually in a game building something up that requires me in-game virtually with the AI, I guess you can call it, then, yeah, then I could probably get into that a little bit. I haven't seen that kind of game yet, but, yeah. It's yeah. more uh, more people that I know and the type of game that I'm playing. Cool. So so when you, you first got started, you said you were playing uh, the original online games. You found out how many jerks there were out there online. What kind of behavior were you seeing? Mm, it was more... Um, even even when I wasn't as old as I am now, God, um, <laughs> it was just uh, the the little kids, ah, uh, okay, yelling and screaming, and I had to mute them. Even if they're on my own team, I still do it today. My brother, for example, this is a quick story. He, him, and I played Borderlands together. We played a couple other games together, and he refuses to buy a full over ear headset to play. Ah, uh, okay. Play- he uses a little stupid Bluetooth thing. And the problem is, is with that, if you don't have good echo cancellation, you hear what Everything. I say. Yeah, you, it's yeah. echoes. Things reverbs yeah. back. Yeah. And I even offered to buy him a set. I said, I, it's not even your birthday. I will buy you a $100 headphone set of headphones just so I can play with you and not have to yell at you all the time. And he goes, no, because I want to hear my stereo. Uh-huh. And <laughs> it's that type of mentality and he's my brother he's um, 10 years younger than me or so and I, I love him to death but I, even then I was just like I can't deal with this <laughs> so the obnoxiousness um, mentality of uh, mostly mostly younger kids but it's not even age restricted but it, for the most part it seems to be younger kids no it's the it's you know it's the internet f theory that the penny arcade came out with you're you're uh, anonymous and so you can behave yeah. any way you might want to and so people take advantage of that and, and it's and it's really hard for people to sort of get it through their heads a lot of the time not just gamers but everybody you know you should really be nice to people on the internet <laughs> it's it's so weird because uh, it's not like some of these some of the people that I, i've uh, have problem with i guess you could say it's not even their game style because you you probably have experienced this in one way or another you're an effing camper Mm-hmm. Um, you're a spawn killer. You're just camping and, and, and that's cheating or whatever. I don't even care about that. If they find a way to kill me as soon as I spawn, good on them. That's them gaming the system. And as long as they're not hacking or whatever, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's just the way that they react to it that gets to me. Yeah. So, yeah. and, but, and you being girls, actually, let me ask you a question. Is it even worse for you? Well, yeah, Regina's going to be able to answer that yeah. better because I refuse <laughs> to play online because of it, because really? it's like, you know, I'm an adult and I am over the dealing with people that are being douchey and, and trolling and everything else. It's like this is extremely important, fun entertainment for me, and I don't want anybody to ruin it. And so I, I've got a set of friends that I play with. So Regina's got more experience than, than I do. Yeah, but not even not to the point where, well, okay, let me step back a bit. I started playing online with World of Warcraft when it first came out, so in 2005 or 2006. And my first guild that I played with were great, really supportive people. And I met a lot of great people through, you know, playing. And I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. The Internet's great. Yay. And then uh, we started doing pickup raids where we would pick up other people in the raids. And then I started seeing people who were like, what are you doing? And what are you doing this? And what are you doing with that? And why are you using that? And why are you using that spell? And don't you know how to play your class? 
And then that's all it turned into. And and that got worse with World of Warcraft when you started playing um, uh, after. I don't know exactly when they started doing the random dungeon finder, but it, it, it sort of amplified the the um, the FWAD theory in that, you know, you, you used to be playing with people who are just on your server. So your likelihood that you might run into somebody again, you know, yeah, it was it was a little higher than not. But the random dungeon finder, the chance that you were going to run into somebody who was on a server who knows where, you know, that had just been randomly paired with you went down and people got really freaking obnoxious all of a sudden. There's no way around it? No, no, they just and they just stop. And, you know, and I was a pretty novice player and I didn't understand a lot of the, the mechanics at the time. Like I, when I had first started to learn how to uh, socket my my gear and put put gems in them i didn't know like i literally did not know as a player that they had different stats on them and you were supposed to be playing specific stats for your class like i didn't know that so i had just picked up a bunch of random gems and had thrown them in my gear (laughs) and at one point in time somebody linked my i don't know my breast piece or whatever and had something that would have been more appropriate i know now for a rogue in there and i was a warlock at the time and they're like what the hell were you doing and what were you thinking and what's wrong with you and i'm like i had no idea what i was doing and i just laughed it off you know i'm like you know haha it's funny and it's just in chat it was just in you know written chat it wasn't voice chat and i just kind of laughed it off but later i was like you know it's kind of a douche move it's like you know (laughs) if you wanted to be nice about it you'd say you know you probably should be focusing on your intelligence and you know or you know your spirit or your stamina or whatever it was that you know warlocks were supposed to have at the time instead of focusing on things that i have nothing to do with skills that you need (laughs) just be nice now wait were these younger people that you've or was it all ages for i'm not familiar with the world of warcraft yeah Um, so i know and i know but i know it spans ages it does span ages you never know and i didn't know at the time um because I was playing with, you know, people who are completely random. The people in my guild who were reasonably friendly to me were, they were mostly adults that I played with because I sought out a guild that was like that, that were family friendly and were a <laughs> uh, leveling guild, you know, who are trying to help people sort of get through the game. But even at that point, they weren't like, oh, hey, you should be doing this. And people are just kind of ignoring what you were doing. And why are your stats so bad? And I'm like, I don't know. You could kind of help me figure that out. That would be great. Yeah, I mean, give me some tips and yeah. don't, don't be a douche. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So things like that were were things that sort of drove me away from playing playing online in random groups. I don't do that anymore. I have a set sort of group of friends and we kind of rotate through our games together now. Like that's who I played Borderlands with and who I play Guild Wars 2 with now. And I, I, I dabbled in uh, Star Wars, but I didn't really like it very much. So, uh-huh. Which one? Uh, the Old Republic, the the one ah, that just came oh, yeah. out. It's it was too much. I, that's one of the things I was thinking about with Guild Wars. I like that Guild Wars has just enough story and enmeshed in it to be engaging, but not mm-hmm. take over. And Star Wars was just too much of this. Like, oh my God, how many dialogue options do I have to click through before I can get to the fighting? <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that 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 had happened with you with um, the Old Republic. The last, I mean, we hadn't talked about it in ages. Yeah, yeah. That okay. I, as I was reflecting, because I'm like, why am I liking this so much more when it's it's very it's similar in that it does actually have a story. Every character has their own story quest that they're on that's individual to their character or, uh-huh. you know, to their class or whatnot. And I'm really enjoying that that mechanic because it does actually kind of walk you through a story and the lore of it in a way that doesn't feel 
forced and pretentious. And that's how Star Wars, the old Republic ended up feeling to me like, oh, I have to like sit here and watch this like whole scene and then pick from these three dialogue options and I have to worry if I'm picking the light side or the dark side or the neutral side or whatever <laughs> side I'm supposed to be picking. And it just got to be such a burden. It took away from the fun of the game for me. So it was a neutral side. Well, there are, there were some where you you had like three. You you usually had at least three options, and one was gave you dark side points, or two, you know maybe four or five. And sometimes they would give you dark side points, and sometimes they give you light side points. And if oh, you're on the dark side, you want to get as many dark side points as you can, which means you have to torture everybody that you come across, um, so that you can get the best gear in the game, because you have to be bad to get the best gear. Or oh, you, be, you know what? Yeah, that brings up. An interesting question that I forgot I wanted to ask you. So there is a game called Infamous and Infamous 2. I don't know if you've ever heard of them or played them. I've heard of them. I have not played them. They're amazing. Um, it's it's a open world third god view, over the shoulder view, third, I guess third person view. Um, and you play a character whose name's Cole. And um, you're kind of a mutant. You have some abilities to control some powers. And then as you go through, you uh, gain points and you could um, gain extra powers and, and just build a more powerful, powerful character. There's no real choice to make, except from the beginning of the game, you have basically a fork in the road to go good or to go evil. Mm. And you still have similar missions in that, let's say one is you help the cops and kill like the, the, the bad element of the town that you're in, or you join the dudes that want to take down the cops and you help them take over the city and still developing like evil and good powers. And they both right. have their own aspect as well. Mm. Um, and I know you did a little bit of research into something along these lines. I don't know if it falls in, your, in the purview of your study, but did you notice uh, the if the mentality of the person playing the game impacted which route they would take? Was say like the uh, uh, Jedi or the other one, Dark Side, the Empire, <laughs> Empire, yeah, or you know, good versus evil, and and the basics of it. Well, I I think what ended up what ended up impacting that the most is it relates back to the player types. Yeah. Um, hmm. When when they were role players and they were creating an identity in the game, like people that I know that I play with would who played um, the Empire would go in and and you know fully immerse themselves in it. Okay, I am you know I'm a bad guy. I'm dark side on this. I will always take the dark side option because that's the character that they were playing. Now I know I know some people who have gone into because. Um, uh, Fallout has a similar uh, structure. Oh, God, that game. <laughs> just a quick, quick interruption. Just, just this very sure. quick. I apologize. No problem. When I first got my PS3, I, I was, I was spending ridiculous amounts of money just buying games, just based on what I thought they were, like on a YouTube clip. Right. And Fallout was like, oh my God, this game looks, this game looks awesome. This is right up my alley. I thought it was basically Borderlands, but this is before I discovered Borderlands One. Right. <laughs> and I got it, and I started playing it, and I'm like why the hell do I have 10 pairs of sunglasses and a jacket? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I was like, well, which one of these? Yes. I want to, I want to find this dude, but then no, I don't want to talk to his mother. <laughs> <laughs> I lasted maybe an hour, packed it up, sold it. I said, Nope. <laughs> Body, thank God I bought it used. It seemed like kind of a random game, didn't it? I heard it got, yeah, it, it's, it starts out kind of cool and then it just, 
exactly. It just became so random for me. It's, it, I've never played any game like that, so maybe there's a specific type of person. Is that that's considered? What kind of game is that considered? MMORP? No, no. it's not. It's not no, an no, MMO because no. it's, it's no, no, a no, single. It's yeah, it's, it's a single, single player, player, but it's a single player role playing game. So yes. where you're making. You know, there's certain characteristics role-playing games have that you're probably not particularly familiar with if you're more interested in shooters. Although um, Borderlands is a nice mix because you yes. still you still get the um, the talent trees and you're still making choices about how you're going to play your yeah. character. And those are usually things that are specific to um, role-playing games. So, but but that is usually the core of the role-playing game is you are completing a story of some kind. So there's usually some story like, you know, collecting the sunglasses, talking to the mom, doing all that is some is some storyline yeah. you're working along the lines of. And I think the problem with me was is I have I love a plan. Mhm. And I hate having 10 choices that'll take me to 10 potentially different goals. They may take me to the same one, but I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just so, so I, I would I would guess that most of BioWare's games would be nightmares for you. Uh, from what I've heard, yes. Yeah, they did Fallout, <laughs> Dragon Age, um, uh, Mass Effect. You know, Bioshock, Bioshock. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those those games where you have specific storylines that you can follow because in, in at least in fallout 3 there's two different ways you can go you can either you know destroy the city or not destroy the city and so it's it's you know pretty big and different karmic choices that you're making in it but but there's still that same story it's one or the other sort of way that you go with it and i think that's where infamous kind of is nice because it gives you that split but then once you choose that line you go down that line you know right. where it's going to go and then you could always start it over and go the good way and see how that ends. Right. Too. Yeah. And so, you, you right. can do that in Fallout. You can play, well, you'd have to play two different games though, I think to finally get, cause I mean, you literally, if you pick the, you know, the blowing the city up, you literally like drop a nuclear bomb on a city. So <laughs> you can't really go back from that one. <laughs> that changed so my you, mind. You, you don't feel like that there are too many missions in Borderlands. Um, Borderlands, it is weird in that I think they've done a really great job of separating building your character and then the missions because the missions are kind of character independent regardless yeah. of what who you pick. Yeah, that's true. And and there's really it's it's a it's a task list. It really is. It's you have this yes. incomplete I hated seeing incomplete on my <laughs> task list and I'm like, "Oh, I have to go do that." And so that's you just go do it and it's her. and it, exactly. And then it's done. And then then what you do is you figure out the most efficient way, depending on which character you use, to complete that task. Right, and yeah. uh, and right now it's I'm done with it. I can't I can't deal with that game anymore. I just yeah you don't know what who are you what character are you playing? Right now I'm Gage, and I'm wondering if I got too excited for her because she seems really cool on paper. It's just uh, <laughs> there's one on the one skill tree. I don't know if you saw it. It's called Anarchy. And uh, you can get up to 450 little pieces of anarchy or stacks of anarchy, they call it. For each stack of anarchy, you get 1.75% weapon um, uh, damage plus, but then you also get negative 1.75% yeah. weapon accuracy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 450 times 1.75%. Is a lot of inaccuracy. Yeah. 
Yeah. My bullets are shooting straight up in the air, to the left, to the right. Maybe one hits, and then the one that hits does a ridiculous amount of... I, I just can't. I'm... <laughs> need a break so oh, i'm sorry i completely no, distracted you no, no, it's totally all right. no no i'm 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 really a big borderlands fan and we're playing borderlands oh, okay. 2 right now so i was curious yeah who are you, who would you pick um right now i'm playing maya mm-hmm. so um i've actually got i think i've got one of every character except the um berserker uh, i've got a necromancer and i've got uh zero and are you leveled up to 50? Are you maxed them out? No, not yet. I think I'm, uh, my uh, siren is at like 27, 28. We were on vacation for about a week. <laughs> How dare you? I know. I missed it too. We really seriously thought about taking it. <laughs> I've done that before. I went home for Christmas a couple of years ago and I took, uh, I took my Wii actually because that's what I had rock band. And I knew my mom would be able to play a lot of the Nintendo games. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, I think John's mom would have been slightly upset. It was uh, vacation to celebrate her birthday party. So, <laughs> yeah, if you're like, hey, hang on, I know you're about to blow out your candles, but I need to yeah. take care of this mission before you're done. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think she would have been down with that. <laughs> what do you mean you don't have an LCD TV? What is what year are we living in? Yeah, there, there's probably um, two or three. There are three guys I can think of offhand that would have enjoyed it, but everybody else would have just stared at us right. with, with complete misunderstanding. What are you doing? Why yeah. did you do this? Yeah. Who invited them? <laughs> so you're, you, you're a self-professed mastery player. You like to get those things checked off of your list. Mm-hmm. What types of games in the past, especially the ones that bubble to the very, very top that, that really rang your bell, it <sighs> really fit the ticket. Um, Hey, well, unfortunately halo two was the last of the halo ones I played, but that was, that's a weird one because it was do the campaign, which wasn't very long and then just play multiplayer. So there wasn't a whole lot of completion except for the campaign there. It was more about just multiplayer having fun. Um, I would say uh, Far Cry is a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. I'm still working on that. Um, any driving game, kind of like the Burnout series or Gran Turismo uh, or any of the rally rally type games I'm a really big fan of, trying to finish first, get the best car. Oh, I'm um, so bad at those games. Oh, my God. I cannot play those games to save my life. <laughs> I, I, I stopped because um, a, a very quite well-off friend of mine who lives in North Carolina, he had this rig set up with um, a driving, driving a steering wheel and pedals that you can kind of – it was on wheels and you can move it towards you and you could adjust it up and down. And it was a force feedback wheel too. It's uh-huh. like top of the line everything. And then I played that for like an entire weekend. I was visiting him and then I tried to go back and play with a standard controller. <laughs> oh, no. Sold, sold those games too. I was like, nope, I'm out. You're like, oh, this is crass. <laughs> I think it would be interesting, Regina, to find. I mean, we haven't talked to very many people who play the driving games. No, we haven't. We I haven't. wonder if that if that would fall into one of the uh, the gamer types. I mean, it sounds to me like a mastery game type because I mean, the, one of the things I've noticed about mastery players I played with in the past is they want to move through the game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to get the task done, but they want to keep moving. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I wonder if the driving games kind of feed that. Yeah, I don't think so. Driving games for me personally, um, I, I'm on top of that whole nerd geek little name tag that I guess that I have. Um, I'm also into motorsports. Um, watching it on TV, participating in it. Uh, when I had a decent little car and now that I have a motorcycle, I'll do that. So translating the real life to the video game thing is really, is fun for me. Yeah. Because then I get to live out a bit of a fantasy where I'm like, right. all right, well now I'm in the, I wanted, I dreamt of racing professional cars. Now I'm actually doing it and they do it really well. Now they actually go out and scan the cars, record their engine sounds. Yeah. It's like you're there. Right. And uh, to be able to complete the tasks in that fantasy world of, of, of racing and now to do it online with all your other friends to prove that you're huh, I'm a better driver than you. <laughs> Nothing to do with real life um, is it's great. And it's and it's fun. But, yeah, definitely specifically Gran Turismo, just where you could spend hundreds of hours on it, just doing the most menial racing a car mm -hmm. that goes 50 miles an hour just so you can get up to a car that goes to 80 and you enjoy doing it, yeah. which I, don't, I would anymore. But um, yeah, definitely completing a task so you can get to the next level and get the bigger and better thing is, is, is definitely where it is for me. So as far as motorsports are concerned, are you more of a, a NASCAR circuit guy or are you Formula Formula One fan? or Formula One, for sure. Okay. I, I have nothing against NASCAR. I mean doing 220 miles an hour for hours on end cannot be easy. <laughs> I, what anyone says. I don't care if you're going in a circle in a straight line. It's got to be nerve wracking. Um, motorcycle racing is probably the big one for me though. Oh, okay. Uh, ever since I got into motorcycles myself, I said, this is, this is amazing. It's a completely different world, completely different machinery, completely different talents that are involved. And then uh, rally racing. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. And because uh, I did a little bit of not real racing, but just kind of fake racing on a track and stuff like that. And uh, it's it's ridiculous. So does it help you enjoy the sport to have done it, like to have tried it out yourself? Yes. That intensifies your experience of watching it. You have a completely different respect for it because mm -hmm. um, you because uh, you actually can uh, on a track, for example, uh, where are you guys from? I'm in Portland, Oregon. And I'm in North Carolina. Oh, okay. North. I lived in Raleigh for a couple of years. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, the Virginia national raceway right up on the border. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'd go there a couple times a year. You could actually record your times around the same track that the professionals go. You do your times and then you compare it and you're like, I'm not even close. I don't, how yeah. do they do it? <laughs> yeah. How is, this, how is this humanly possible? I want to watch them and figure out how they do it. And then you watch them, you slow-mo cameras, all that stuff. And you're like, wow, this is mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, My so you brother, take oh, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and then you're like, all right, well, in the video game, I don't have to worry about crashing. Right. <laughs> right. You're, you're not actually putting your skull on the line. Thank you. You can take yeah. some more risks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I just—I was just gonna say, my brother was a NASCAR for several years, and was it in it? Yeah, he was—he um, was a pit crew guy. He—he—he hmm. he, um, he worked pit crew for um, Ward Burton when he won the Daytona 500. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, what's even more awesome is when the Texas Motor Speedway opened up. He got me pit passes. Oh, and I was in the pit when Dale Earnhardt Jr. won his very first race wow. and I almost got completely run over by Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, 
he was, I mean, you could see the joy and the pride on this guy's face when he was trying to make it over to the victory circle where his son had just won his first NASCAR professional race. Wow. That's all. It's, it's electric though, isn't it? To be a part of something like that. It's unbelievable. I mean, we get to stand right behind the guys while they're changing tires. And we were standing down there in the pits when they said, you know, gentlemen, start your engines. And then we would go up to the fence at um, turn four, right before they're coming around the corner to the the finish line, and just stand up against the fence and just feeling it vibrate. Oh my god! <laughs> it was, it's that. It's, that would be awesome. It's thrilling. It was really I mean, thrilling. I may need to be excused. And <laughs> uh, I won't tell you the rest because I actually got to ride. I got to ride in a NASCAR. What? <gasps> yeah. My brother knew a guy. You know they have those um, ride around companies now experience well my brother worked for a guy who owned one of those and he got me a free ride so i rode texas motor speedway at like 180 miles an hour i couldn't breathe i couldn't breathe yeah it was fantastic it's so weird because the fastest i've ever done on a motorcycle is somewhere between 175 and 180 oh god Um, and it's so weird, and God, we're completely off topic, but I'll be really quick. There, <laughs> it's all right. There, there's this point somewhere between, I'll say, 95 and 120, 130, where it's kind of violent, and you're like, yeah, I'm going pretty fast. But then once you quickly get past that point, it becomes a little serene because you're going so quickly, it's almost going by you in slow motion. And But you're mm-hmm. so – because you're so focused on this one spot where you know if you don't hit the brakes – um, you probably aren't going to make that turn or you're going to have all kinds of problems. So you're so focused on looking for this, this number on the side of the track that everything is just going around you like slowly, mm-hmm. it's calmly and serenely. You just hear the engine kind of in your, in the back of your head somewhere. And all of a sudden you hear that line and then it just starts all over again. You're like, Oh my God, I got to stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to remind our listeners that you're listening to game on girl and we're talking to lunch journals from nerdgasm lulls cast. And we really appreciate you being here. Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a good time. Yeah. Well, considering how much we've been talking about gaming, yes. wh- how what would you tell someone if they said, well, wh- how do you define a gamer? <sighs> wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't just say it's someone who – I almost want to put – I can't even put a time on it. You can't say someone who plays video games for an hour a day because then you can say Farmville. Someone who plays Farmville is a gamer. Right. And they're not. They're not really a gamer. They're wasting time on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> they, can, they can say the same thing about us, right? Um, I think it's someone who, who um, gets involved, maybe not even necessarily in a few different games, but one different game. And well, and it even changes in 2012 because you have online communities as well. That's a really hard question to answer, isn't it? (laughs) When I and just lucky you, we used to start the yeah podcast by asking that question. question. Yeah, because it was the first question when I did the um, the interviews for the dissertation. That was the first question I asked people. 
it's huh. usually easier to answer after you've been talking about, talking about it a little while. bit. Yeah. It doesn't come off. It, it doesn't. It usually doesn't un- unset unset people quite as quite as much. But it is it is a big question, and it's not something you think about. It we, we tend to throw the term around and know what we sort of mean by it. But I'll, but people don't generally take the time to to define it to literally just sit down and define it. What does it mean to be, you know, how would you define a gamer? So, because I mean, would you consider someone who plays electronic slots at Vegas, a gamer mm-hmm. sits there and feeds dollar bills into a, I was actually thinking about that. Not that long what? ago. <laughs> Cause my, my mom loves to go to the casino near her house. And to, to be fair, she lives in a very rural part of Northern California. And there's not a lot of, like, there's not a movie theater in her town. She, she'd she have to drive like half an hour to go to the movie theater. So there's not a lot of entertainment where she lives. But there's a casino that's two miles away. And every time I go there, she wants me to go, you know, play the slot machines with her. And so I go and she gives me money to play them because I'm a cheapskate. <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will not put my own money into them. And I sit and I play and I thought about it and I was, you know, this this year when I went home for the summer for a couple of weeks, I was, you know, producing the podcast and I was thinking about my gaming versus my that form of gaming. And I thought how the gaming that I do, I'm controlling the computer. Like I'm making the decisions. I'm deciding where I go. I'm deciding what kind of character I play. I, I you know, I'm, I'm making the decisions. When you're playing slot machines, the computer's making the decisions. Hmm. And that that for me was the difference. When I sat there and I thought about that, I have no control over. I can hit the buttons. I can decide which button I'm going to hit. But truthfully, there's very, very little decision making that I'm actively doing in this. This is really something that's being controlled by the computer instead. So they're not that isn't my in my term and how I define a gamer that wouldn't fit in because they're not there's no agency necessarily involved other than pushing a button and and watching your money go away. (laughs) Well, and I would I would think, though, that it would depend on the motivation, because when I went when I went to Atlantic City, the motivation of the people sitting at the slots had had nothing to do with getting feeling success or accomplishment from playing the game it was to hit the one hundred thousand dollar jackpot right and so they had a bucket of coins and they were feeding them in as fast as the machine could take them and that's all there was to it right and so that that doesn't have anything to do with that's playing the lottery right yeah that's that's playing your chances you know yeah it's the the equivalent of scratching off a card yeah exactly exactly and that's and and to me you know what gaming is for me and what it what it always has been a place of agency and control and identity and and solving puzzles and thinking and engagement and i don't see that as being something that comes out of putting those coins in the you know in the machine so it's almost like making more than one decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Rather than, oh, you know, am I going to break the bank today with, you know, and the thing that's really like, you know, uh, difficult about it now is you you don't pluck coins into the machines anymore. I mean, they, just they, buttons. yeah, you just push buttons yeah. and you can just, you know, you you don't get actual money out of the machines. You get, you know, vouchers that you take to the things and everything's kind of changed the, the tactile sensations of it. I mean, you know, God, I think wow. about things too much. Don't I think you know about, I really do think about things too much. <laughs> well, no, you just reminded me and you just reminded me of something that's very, very much on topic. I went to Vegas for the first time earlier this year. And it was completely not what I expected. Vegas is like family friendly now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was surprised, and you can't walk on the street. Every you have to, you're ca- you're corralled off into sidewalks and mm-hmm. um, overpasses and stuff like that. And 
I have no desire to gamble. I don't have that gambling gene, I guess. Yeah. I maybe spent $60 on like poker or one, two games of blackjack and the rest was just the stupid video slots. Mm-hmm. And then we found a place called um, Insert Coin over in old old vegas oh and yeah it was just, the old strip the old strip is way more fun i think the strip is awesome and it was yeah. an arcade yeah and basically oh. the entire left hand side of it was games ranging from 1980 to the the last generation the whatever the last one was that came up um mm-hmm. in arcade time crisis 3 uh, mortal Kombat 3 they were and they yeah. were in perfect condition still taking right. quarters uh, oh my god and on the right side of it was console games with huge TVs, so you could rent out a console and like couches and just sit ah. there and play console games. It was an, um, I walked in there, my eyes lit up. I was like, I'm never leaving this place. I'm I'm drooling a little hearing oh, no. about it. I'm like, oh, and, yeah. And then in the center, thirty feet long, a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So oh. I was drinking White Russians. I spent hundred and twenty dollars in video games, <laughs> and it was technically me putting in money into a machine right right but there was a little bit of a difference in that now i was determining the outcome of whatever game i was yeah. playing mortal Kombat to duck hunt there was duck hunt there yeah and but it was but the parallel is close right yeah because yeah, the odds true. i and there was no gain in the end i wasn't going to hit a jackpot there was no physical or material um jackpot for me i guess you can say mm-hmm. but i had the best time. You know, when I think about the the people who are trying to to get to the, you know, who are playing the lottery, as Rhonda said, who are, you know, putting it in and waiting for that jackpot to hit. And to think about the same doing to go through literally the same motion to put the money into the arcade game, you know, you still have that, especially if, like you said, LJ, you're a mastery player, you're still looking to best the machine or to best the top score. I mean, so there's still a chance of that happening. So maybe there's still there's still potential for something transcendent almost. I mean, that's a little grandiose of a word to be using for her. Hey man, for my, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listen, getting my initials in that top spot is just as big as a payoff as getting twenty bucks or thirty bucks out of a machine. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm telling you, S A L yeah. or A S C E or whatever I used, my initials are some made up word. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's that, uh. Yeah. It was an amazing place, but I guess I could say if you're ever in Vegas, check it out. I think it's called Insert Coin. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I, I know what I'm doing the next time I go to Vegas. That's for sure. We actually have a local bar like that here in Portland called Ground Control. Oh, yes. I have a friend of mine in Portland who told me about that place is supposed to be. But apparently something happened recently and they're everyone's mad at them. Or oh, maybe. Really? I, oh, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't they know. Changed their, followed. changed their policy or something happened and they changed something and now it's garbage. I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, though. I don't know. Maybe they tried to capitalize on. I mean, they had a real loyal group of people who I think went on a regular basis. The bar is pretty small, but, you know, they had. Oh, I got to play Pac-Man there or Miss Pac-Man. And I hadn't played Miss Pac-Man in a stand up machine. And I don't know how long. And, you know, just the, the nostalgia alone. <laughs> yeah. Was well, nice. the, the, one of the I don't know whether you caught it or not, Regina, but one of the things we've seen in the past when we've tried to get people to define mm-hmm. what a gamer is, mm-hmm. the and because we haven't interviewed very many mastery players. Right. I heard the hints in there from LJ about qualifying the type of game yes. or the amount of time or you know, the, the amount of dedication involved in that, do you really think that's important LJ is to, if you want to, you know, somebody walk up to you and, 
you know, they're playing Farmville on their phone. It's like, yeah, I'm a gamer, dude. I mean, do you chuckle or? <laughs> um, I don't judge, ladies. <laughs> good answer. Yes, that is a good answer. Because what's really different, I guess, if you compare Farmville to Borderlands 2, um, besides the obvious, right. you're still you're strategizing, mm-hmm. and I've I've played maybe Farmville for I played Farmville for maybe 45 seconds, but apparently you have to maintain your crops mm-hmm. and put the right amount of animals in the right place and don't let them inter species mingle or whatever. I don't know yeah, what they do. Yeah, well, and you have and, certain time constraints where you have to, you know harvest at a certain time or things die and you'll lose your investments or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's like sim earth in a way. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly same, same kind of mechanic. Yeah. And so I, I can't, it's silly because it's, it's called Farmville, Mm -hmm. but then at the same time I have to remember that someone can say, so you're just driving around in a circle right? and (laughs) you're just turning this controller. And so what's, what's the point? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, for me, why I think I'm a gamer is just because I spend time playing games. Um, and the fact that I actually have to think though, I have to put in a strategy just about every game that I play, whether it's what class mod I load into, uh, my character for borderlands or what kind of parts I put onto my car for a driving game. I still have to strategize to come up, um, with the final, the the result that I want to get to. And I think that's what kind of separates gaming from slot machines, we'll say. We'll stick with right, that example. Right. That's, a, that's a great example. And, and again, as, as how many times we've asked this question, I told Rhonda it was the one question when I was writing that I couldn't, I couldn't quantify from the interviews because everybody's answers were so different. Yeah. And yeah. we're still continuing to see that where we do get such a, a, a broad variety of comments and ideas. It's a very, it's a very personal thing, I guess. It's yeah. kind of, you know, what makes you a musician? Well, right. I, I play the cymbals. Right. Okay. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. You're well, a musician, but. Yeah. I make a joke a lot of the time about, you know, hardcore Farmville players because I've known I've known people on Facebook who open second, you know, secondary Facebook accounts so that they can get themselves the buffs that they need from <laughs> from their friends and people who set alarms to wake up in the middle of the night to harvest their crops and yeah oh but you know those games fit a particular type because mm-hmm. we've th- they're collector type games right yeah and the a couple of people i know that are really they are gamers they mm-hmm. play borderlands and all that stuff love collection games right and it definitely fits a, a gamer type let me ask you a question quickly um, about, say, Farmville, for example. We'll use that since we're on it. Um, do you find a gender bias between the collector type games, or is it all, all over the map too for that? I think it's I think it's a little all over the map. I think people want it to be gendered, but I know a lot of a lot of men who've played, or at least when I used to. I don't play Farmville anymore. I started playing it, and somewhere along the line, I realized that all I was doing was clicking around, and I would rather be in something like Borderlands <laughs> or pl- even Plants vs Zombies, anything other than Farmville. Plants vs Zombies <laughs> is a great game. I know, I love that game. Fantastic. Well, and well, the only reason I ask is because. Um, and this is just purely from uh, my, my personal experience is that uh, women mm-hmm. have no problem saying, oh, I got to play Farmville. Right. Oh, BRB, Farmville. Right. 
I've never heard a guy come up to me and say, hey, uh, dude, you know, yeah. bro. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> gotta I got to go. go check my, uh, my crops. My, my crops are dying, dude. I'll be right back. I knew I had, I don't know, maybe 20, 20 or 30 people on my Facebook that were playing Farmville. And I'd say at least a third of them were guys. So maybe it was a little bit more. It leaned more toward female players. But, but there were definitely a few guys that would play it that I knew were up at like in the middle of the night playing Farmville. <laughs> I see you. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I don't even have a big enough test bed to even say the only person I only know like one person who plays collection games mm-hmm. and it's a woman. And I, I tried papaya and I just completely lost patience with it. It's like I got done planting everything and it's like, you know, okay, in four hours they'll be ready to water again. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so I have to, I actually have nothing I can yeah. do right now. Right. I'm, yeah. I've yeah. reached the limit of what I can do. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I'm not doing this. I, I want a, to play a game on my schedule. I don't want the game to dictate to me. Oh, come back later. Yeah, that yeah. when I first played, I don't know, one of the cooking games or something like that. I was like, oh, <laughs> and all my food went bad. Like it all burned yeah. <laughs> because I was like, oh, I'll come back and I'll take care of this later. And I thought it would pause because I wasn't, you know, I didn't have it open. And I came back and everything was ruined. And I was like, oh, well, you know, if I really want to cook, I'm just gonna go in my kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> actually make a cheeseburger. Ooh, it sounds delicious. It does sound delicious. Well, it's LJ, do you, do you pl- play very many games that um, require or, or have avatars? I mean, what's your feeling like? I mean, did you ever play like Mass Effect? Um, I It was a demo, so okay. no, I didn't really get into it. I No, I'm actually not um, an avatar guy. I don't really whether i just completely make it up like the only thing i actually to be honest as far the furthest i've ever went with it is in borderlands 2 where that's what i was going to ask about that <laughs> so unlocks. what determined you picking that that character um well the character i picked um strictly based on um the skills that they projected for that they said this is what she's going to be able to do mm-hmm, and you yeah. go under a skill tree and you're like well this you know plus four damage on corrosive fire whatever and i was like all right you know what i kind of like the idea of all this mm-hmm. so i'm going to start with this and then see where it goes i like the flying robot going out and killing things and then as the game progresses i start picking up the skins i'm like huh she looks good in pink <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that out loud, and I don't say it to anyone. Well, you just said it to all of our listeners. <laughs> Shoot. Um, yeah, and then so now then I look then I try and unique her up to what I like to mm. like to see. So I picked um, in Borderlands Two. I don't know if you got it. Uh, Gage has a really cool head called Mecha Recca. It's basically like a um, the Queen Borg look, oh. where she has things coming out of her head, and then I gave her the pink outfit. So she just she just looks ridiculous and i'm kind of like all right you know what i like ridiculous that's what i'm gonna go with she doesn't have to be she just has to kind of stand out so that's that and to be honest in terms of like uh i know my friend that i play with his name is seth he uh he likes sitting at he likes sitting at the damn um um, catch a ride and picking out skins to go out in (laughs) dude we're in the car no one can see us it's just you and me just pick a car and go Oh, I love to do that too, though. There's a couple that are like really nice, like shiny colors that I've picked up. I can't remember what any of them are called, but won't deny that it looks cool. But yeah, we're 
being attacked yeah. by yeah. <laughs> this man and the cannon. Oh. Well, see, see, but I have a I have a fair dose of mastery player as well. So if I was being attacked, I'm not usually worried about that. I'm just like, I'll get the car and let's get the hell out of here. But I'll sit there if I'm if we're just like tooling around or doing the missions and not being attacked. I'll be like, oh, I like that one. But I like that one, too. But I like this one as well. And I'll be there for a couple minutes trying to pick out a color. And part of me wonders, and you may be able to shed some light on this, if that is a reflection, if that's starts in gaming or does this well no that's actually dumb to say but is it a reflection of themselves in real life because i'm a very utilitarian in terms mm-hmm. of my yeah. it's, it's you know cargo's in a t-shirt mm-hmm. and as long as the t-shirt doesn't have a big logo on it i'm fine my mm-hmm. haircut's always the same size and my glasses is probably the only thing that i spruce up and i spend way too much money on but have you noticed that that's the way it goes it transfers or is it mixed as well with that too i think that i think it transfers a little bit i think people who are more um but but not along gendered lines i think people who tend to be more artistic and more engaged in the artwork of the game will be more likely to stop and be like oh this is cool and this is cool or who will spend more time at the new use station and (laughs) play around with the options that they have and try the different skins on or they're like like Rhonda said early when we we were talking about Borderlands early, you know, wanting to collect all the skins and wanting to have them all for that, you know, that sense of mastery, that sense of I've been out there and I've done all these things because I have all these pieces now. So mm-hmm. completionist. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think mastery is definitely leans towards completionist for sure. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've got the self thing going on too because yeah. typically when I sit down to play, I'll go, I'll change my skin if I'm in an entirely different mood. If I am in a super badass, I'm going to kill everybody I see mood. You know, I'll put on one of the black or the red outfits, and if I'm sort of, you know feeling ironic i'll put something on pink or whatever <laughs> or you're adventuring and you'll put green on or whatever yeah more serene yeah. colors yeah i'm There's feeling a... pretty i just put on purple yes and i'm yes. fabulous <laughs> now regina are you playing borderlands too i haven't i haven't had a chance to i haven't had a chance to play much at all in the last it was midterms and then now i'm in final projects with my students so i haven't had oh, much yeah. time to play at all and then i made the mistake of picking up um Guild Wars 2, so I got kind of split time okay. between those. Oh, and I also got Orcs, uh, Orcs Must Die, too, and that was my big distraction. Yeah. Um, because that's, like, my latest addiction. But um, I'm still playing Zero, and that's the yeah. highest okay. level character I yeah. have. I think it was 28 or 29. Um, and, and I was, and, and that was a complete aberration for me in terms of um, class to play. Uh, to play a sniper was something completely different that I, I've never played before. And I'm actually really enjoying it, like stepping back and being, you know, and learning how to sight because I, I'm like bad at shooters. I love to go into Left 4 Dead with a chainsaw because you do not have to <laughs> finesse it at all. You just, you know, chop things up. <laughs> I can be really good with that. <laughs> you deviated from your normal plan a little bit, huh? I did. I did. And that's actually a new trend that I'm sort of following as well. Because when I started playing Guild Wars 2, I started playing a ranged DPS, a, a ranger which is my comfort zone. That's where I usually play, standing in the back doing the damage. And I was like, oh, damn, this is just like every other MMO I've ever played. And then I realized that part of the problem was me because I was picking a class and a race that was very much like a, what I've always played. So then I deviated completely from that. And I'm playing a guardian, which is like a 
paladin melee character and I'm absolutely loving it because I'm nice. playing something that's completely different and new and I actually have to like learn how to play again instead of just standing in the back you know shooting mm-hmm. off the bow like I would with the ranger so that's kind of my new thing right now is like trying strategy games and trying you know minis games as well I was doing that yesterday with some friends and playing you know tabletop mini games as well so Nice. Pushing it out a little bit. <laughs> LJ, no, what uh, type of class do you do you play more often? Are you are you a tank? Do you play distance? I've always I was never the tank like uh, Gunzerker and Brick from the first one. I never yeah. really had an interest in. Um, although Gunzerker is more you know massive guns, massive damage. Um, I was kind of a mix between middle of the road Axton. Um, Roland and Sniper, like Mordecai Zero. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, uh, I think Gage was so different. I was like, huh, that's yeah. like nothing I've seen. It's a completely different class. And that's why I kind of went with it. I started with Zero as well. Mm. And then I kind of left him alone and maybe I should build him back up or something. But well, did you start with him because of the opening video? Because that was why I said. <laughs> that's kind of badass, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> watch that video i'm like i don't care i want to do that <laughs> he, he reminded me of snake eyes from gi joe yes back in the yeah. day, and that's why I oh wow yeah too and you had me thinking though about the um collection of skins and faces and and, and paint jobs for everything i'm this kind of the same way right now with the weapons mm-hmm. and because i'm at the point now where i'm trying to find all legendary weapons and it's so frustrating that it's actually making me not want to play the game. Oh. Like, I, if I can't find them, I don't want to play anymore. Be- yeah. Until the DLC comes out and the next maps. And then, I'm, of course, I'll be then back in. Then you'll be like, back in it. Yeah, that's what <laughs> happened for me with Diablo 3 as well. The loot drops were so low that I was like, screw you guys. I don't have the gear I need to actually finish this. And I'm not going to actually go into the real money auction house and buy them. Sorry. <laughs> they're trolling us. That's what yeah. they're doing. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Jerks. Yeah. Oh, Misogynistic jerks. A, a <laughs> gearbox, right? <laughs> Right. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I don't know if uh, we could say that for a different time, but you have to share that with Rhonda. Yeah, I have get... to share that with Rhonda. LJ shared an article with me right before uh, we started recording about um, I, uh, someone who had written a commentary about how she, I think it was a female author. Wasn't, oh, it was a male. It was a male author. Wasn't going to. OK, a male author, but wasn't going to buy um, Borderlands 2 because Duke Nukem had been so misogynist. And Borderlands 2 is as well. And Borderlands 2. Well, and but he didn't have any proof that Borderlands was misogynist. Well, he he, (laughs) I I think he was probably either going on. He may have played it, a sample of it, or he may have heard the dialogue because (laughs) one of the things that Handsome Jack actually says in the game or something like it is he goes, hey, you know, what's better than having a shield, not being a woman. And he just laughs. But that's him. That's his character. That's a, yeah. Character. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I have a hard time with with the conflation of, you know, the game characters being the game or the things that are said in game being the game. You know, I just. Well, that's like pulling something out of a story. Right. And defining the story by one line. Right. But if you've got a character in the story who's, um, <laughs> who's a, a you know, a, a pig, he's got to talk like a pig. Exactly. Because, and then if he didn't, the critique would be, well, he wasn't a very realistic character because he was so polite. And then everybody's critiquing him for being too politically correct. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Well, and I'm, I'm prejudiced because I, Regina, you know, I got to meet the Gearbox guys in yeah. Atlanta <laughs> at Dragon Con and I got to sit and talk with them. And I asked them point blank. I said, are, 
are there any women in the, I, I said, I know there's one woman class. He said, he said, no, there's two. Yeah. And I did, forgot about the Macromancer. And then I said, well, what about female enemies? He goes, oh, yeah, they're female oh. enemies. Yeah. <laughs> and there's NPCs that are great. I love. Um, yeah. Uh, I remember. I, Moxie. I love Moxie because she's got Moxie. She's got so much yeah. Moxie. Tiny, she's, tiny Tina. Tiny Tina. Oh, my God. Tiny Tina. She was the yeah. best. Just the best. Oh, my God. I mean, they're characters and there's so much humor and so much just like irreverence in that game and and to be i i just can't understand like okay i'm gonna hold this past game against you and because i heard one little bit of something that i think is misogynist in another game i'm gonna hold that against the game as yeah. well that's that's just crap as far as the I'm whole concerned. the whole thing is is based off uh, uh this irreverent humor exactly i mean if you go into it there's this there's this one there's one mission where you're in a town it has a female sheriff or governor or something and there's this jerk of a guy in the town that keeps making all of these chauvinistic comments about her making him a sandwich and all this right. and they end up blowing his house off the edge of a cliff i mean it's fantastic that's what the brain shivers <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brain shivers. Yeah. Thanks. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I know. It's just. It's so. It's such a fun game to play because of that. It's like poking fun at everybody. I, yeah. It's funny because me and my friend were actually trying to cast the movie. <laughs> and we were trying to figure out who. Very who, good. Who, who Handsome Jack would be, and we. The resemblance isn't there, but we kept falling back on Robert Downey Jr. I, that <laughs> was the first thing I saw in my head when you said that. Be a perfect yeah. handsome Jack. <laughs> yeah, totally. That would the... be so so arrogant and so self-absorbed. Exactly. That's <sighs> coming from uh... and charming. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Of oh, and God. of course, we need fan fiction between Becker, uh, between Gage and and Tiny Tina yeah. being roommates or something. You know, you yeah. gotta have it. It's gotta. Happen. <laughs> All right, listeners. There's your charge. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hate to, um, I really hate for this to come. Yeah, to me too. End, but, um, <laughs> go all this... night. <laughs> yeah, we could. <laughs> but, um, it's been really great, LJ. Thanks for coming on. We're going to have to have you. Yeah, we're going to have to have you back. This is, uh, yeah, definitely. It, it's just, it's just fun talking games and, mm. and talking gamer community, really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. From the, from the male point of view. <laughs> You know, there's not enough of that in the world or in government. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but what was on our first live guest, uh, the Mark and uh, yeah, Mark Ryan? Yeah, Mark and Ryan, yeah. Mark and Ryan were, yeah, our first our first live guests for the show were male interviews, so. Oh, so great. Thanks for just sucking out the... <laughs> <laughs> no, this is absolutely awesome. I'd, I'd, anytime, just let me know. Drop me, uh, drop me whatever email, DM. Great. Well, where can our where can our listeners uh they they can find you on Lull's cast on iTunes, right? Oh, God, I don't do this. Um, <laughs> oh no, that's okay. We'll put it on no, the, no, no. the website. Just send it and we'll put it on the website. It's easier that way anyway. All you really have to do is just follow at N3RDG4SM on Twitter and all the information's there. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, if you if you go to iTunes and search that Lull's cast, you can find it. But you know, Twitter Twitter's kind of our one it's easy. Just yeah. look in the bio for uh, N3RD G4SM and everything is there. Okay, great. Well, we'll cool. Up with that. So thanks so much for coming. Ah, oh, well, I'm going to go to the gym and try and undo this damage. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're done beating you up. <laughs> oh, God, and I deserve it. Every, every ounce of it, I deserve it. <laughs> thanks, ladies. It was awesome.
Thank Thanks, you. LJ. Catch you later. Well, we really appreciate your feedback. And if you enjoyed today's show or you have any additional comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, or on our website, Game On Girl. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can follow me on Twitter at R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M. You can read my tech blog at droolonthefrog.com or email me at Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz, with two Zs, as I'm known on Twitter. Many, many thanks to Lunch Journals, or LJ, for coming on the show today. We had a fantastic time chatting with him about so much good stuff. I hope you guys really enjoyed the show. So thank you all for listening. Uh, Game on Girl is available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. These links, along with references made in the show, including how to get to Nerdgasm, a lulz cast, can be found on our website, gameongirl.com. We love your feedback, so please leave comments or questions you might have about topics we've discussed or topics you'd like to hear us discuss on the website. This podcast is edited with Audacity, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks for listening, and until next time, game on.